Welcome to Animal Empathy, where we decode the language of animals for deeper connections. I'm Paloma Berci, your host and an animal communicator since 2001. Join me as we explore heartwarming stories, unspoken bonds, and the magic of truly understanding our animal friends. For more about me, visit speciespace.com. Let's dive in together on this wild journey. Today we have a very special guest, Robin Banks. Robin is a top international speaker and mind power expert. I met Robin about two years ago when I heard him speak at a summit. I have been working with mind power myself for over 20 years and was naturally very curious to hear his perspective on things. And if you are now wondering, but what does the mind have to do with animal communication? Isn't telepathic animal communication the language of the feelings, the language of the heart? Yes, it is. But the mind and the heart must be aligned for you to get a clear communication. Because otherwise, the mind can play tricks on you. And it won't work out with the communication. So let's explore what you need to do in order to balance the mind, to align with the heart, so you can have a better communication with your animal companion. Welcome to the show, Robin. Please shortly introduce yourself and tell us how you discovered mind power for yourself. Thank you so much, Paloma. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here on your show. And I just want to thank you for everything you've done with my animals, because you're amazing at what you do. And uh, my kittens are very, very happy. Um, so yeah, my journey with Mind Power started uh, in 1996. Uh, basically, a, a good friend of mine gave me a copy of the book, uh, which is Mind Power. I didn't write the book. It's written by my mentor. Uh, his name is John Kehoe. And I read this book in 1996. And uh, honestly, the book was a complete game changer. Because what I loved about the book is that it not only gives you knowledge, but it teaches you how to apply the knowledge. And it teaches you how to use techniques every day to bring about the desired changes in your life. So I read the book and I read it like 10 times. And as a result of reading it and actually applying it, I started noticing some significant changes happening in my life. Then in uh, 1999, about three years later, uh, John Keogh came to South Africa. I live in South Africa. I'm in Johannesburg right now. And uh, he did his Mind Power Seminar, which was a four-week uh, journey, once a week for four weeks in a row. And uh, the reason why it's once a week for four weeks in a row is so that you can learn the technique and then go and apply it every day for 30 minutes a day, learn the technique, the next level. So you keep getting a different level. And I did the course in May 1999, and I was absolutely blown away by the results it produced for me. Uh, my business uh, quadrupled in growth in one month, and that is a true story. And uh, I've just never looked back. So I've uh, been a student of Mind Power for good grief. Uh, it's getting close to 30 years now, 27 years I've been a student of Mind Power. I've been teaching Mind Power uh, for um, about 20 years. I'm in my 20th year of actually teaching the program. Uh, in 2003, John Keogh gave me the sole rights to teach his program, which is a massive honor for me. And so today I, I literally travel the world teaching people how to use the power of your thoughts to create whatever it is you desire. So that's my journey with, uh, with Mind Power. 
Wow. So in, in your experience, what are some effective methods for cultivating a balanced and focused mind then? Beautiful. Now, that's a great question. And I think that's the question. <laughs> and I really want to, I really just want to emphasize a word that you use, cultivate a balanced mind, cultivate. And the reason why I want to uh, focus on the word cultivate is that one of the analogies that we use in mind power is think of your mind as a garden of rich, fertile soil, because any seed that you sow into rich, fertile soil, if you nourish and care for the seed, the seed will grow. It must grow. And the soil doesn't care what seeds you plant. You can create, you can have a vegetable garden with tomatoes and carrots and potatoes and onions. You could have a flower garden with tulips and roses and uh, chrysanthemums or whatever your flowers are, or you can, um, or it could become a mass of weeds and negatives. So basically the importance of how to cultivate, to use your word, how to cultivate a, a balanced and healthy mindset is you need to work in your mind every day. And what we want to do is we want to take out the weeds, we want to take out the thoughts and the beliefs that don't serve us. So uh, one of the techniques in mind power is weeding negatives, which is basically another analogy I'd give you, same principle, is if you think about a computer, uh, a computer, I've just bought myself a new Mac, uh, MacBook, which I'm absolutely loving. It's a great machine, but imagine if it was running on Windows 95. It would be a very slow machine. Even though machine is good, the problem is that the, the software needs to be updated. It needs to be upgraded. And the same is true for most of us. Our software needs to be upgraded. So we need to uninstall the beliefs that don't serve us anymore. And then what we do is through a process of um, con contemplation, uh, uh, visualization, seeding, affirmations, we start installing a new program. So really how to cultivate a mindset is to become conscious, to become aware of what it is that you're thinking, to become aware of your predominant thought patterns, to become aware of, do you spend too much time listening to negative conversations, watching the news, which is negative energy with suffering? That's what I call it, negative energy with suffering. <laughs> or are you spending your time feeding your mind the thoughts you wanted to think, focusing on what you're thankful for, focusing on uh, the opportunities that are available to you, uh, looking for and consciously looking for what's great in your life. So literally consciously choosing to be a positive person. So in any moment, you can choose to focus on what you're grateful for, or you can cho choose to focus on what the challenges in your life. And it's a conscious choice. So to cultivate a healthy mindset really is about working in the mind every day. Not, not a lot. In fact, my, man my mantra is a little and often. You don't have to do a lot. You just have to do a little and do it often. That's all I ask is a little and often. And the more you work in your garden every day, if you work in your garden, you take out the weeds, water it, and you work in your garden for 10, 15 minutes. If you do that every day, you can have a beautiful garden come spring. Uh, in fact, I've got gardeners working in my garden right now, preparing it for spring, uh, because you have to work in the garden regularly in order for it to produce results. The same is true of our mindsets. You need to feed it every day. You need to weed it every day. You need to nurture it. You need to make sure that I'm I being a good custodian of the mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to weed every day. That's I think that's something that people tend to forget yeah. because 
we are getting bombarded every day by so many negative thoughts and energy and news that we really need to get rid of it. Yeah, and um, the animals actually notice that when mm -hmm. we are in a in a bad place, really, because mm -hmm. animals often mirror their people and yeah. animals mirror their environment. So if somebody is stressed, the animal is often stressed as well, yeah. which stresses the person even more. And then the That's animal right. gets stressed again and the person gets even more stressed. So really, it is a vicious circle. And the only being that can break through that circle is the person, is the human. And the reason why this is so, it's not because the animal is dumb or something like that. It's because animals live in our world. Beautiful. So they don't understand a lot of things that go on in our world. The same thing would be true for us if we were living in their world. I mean, yeah. imagine we live in, in a pack of dogs. We don't even smell, you know, a tiny bit of what dogs smell. So we would never ever be capable of really understanding everything that is going on in the dog's world. Same thing goes for our animals. They live mm -hmm. in our world. And that's why we have the responsibility of, yeah, breaking through those kind of vicious circles. <laughs> now, that. how can mind power practices help in reducing stress and promoting overall well-being then? Oh, that's such a good question. But I want to come back to the question because I so much love what you were just speaking about with the animals. Uh, and I just want to refer back to what, what, what you were saying there, Paloma, because Science has actually literally proven that everything is made up of energy and vibration and that the world isn't what it appears to be. And that as human beings, we pick up on energy more than we pick up on anything. I mean, I'm sure those of you who are watching the video, have you ever walked into a room where the two people in the room are not saying anything to each other, but you can just feel that there was an argument or you can feel the energy in the room. It's so thick. You could cut through it with a knife. Mm. So the point is exactly what you're saying there, Paloma energy is, is palpable. Energy is transferable and we feel energy more than what hearing what people are saying. So in terms of what you're speaking about the animals, they feel our energy. They feel who we are being. There's a beautiful quote that says who you are speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you are saying. And I think animals are even more intuitive and even more perceptive to energy than, than, than we, we as human beings are. I mean, you'd know this better than I, but apparently dogs can even smell fear. They yes. can smell when you're feeling fearful. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Yes. I mean, and so how is that possible? Because they can literally feel the energy that you're putting off. So in terms of, I just wanted to reiterate and just uh, uh, say what I think what you're saying is so true, that the way the way we conduct ourselves, our animals are feeling our energy more than the words we are saying. People are feeling our energy, but I think animals even more so. Sorry, you asked a question and I wanted to go back to that. And if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you, an invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. And now let's continue with the interview.
how can mind power practices help in reducing stress and promoting overall well-being? So one of the one of the key things to do in mind power is to slow the thinking process down. Because the mind tends to be like a spoiled child. It thinks whatever it wants to think, whenever it wants to think it, and no one's really controlling it. And so what it is, we wake up in the morning, and as we wake up in the morning, the, the, what does this thing start doing? It starts thinking think, thinking thoughts. Oh, Paloma, you've got so much work to do. You've got to remember to phone so-and-so. And, -so, and uh, you know, I mustn't, mustn't forget to order the cat food later today. And, oh, what am I going to wear today? My clothes really don't fit me. But anyhow, I can't deal with that right now. And, oh, now, look, this glass is broken. And then I get in the car, and you're sitting in traffic. I'm like, oh, where does this traffic come from? I hate sitting in traffic. Oh, my life is so hard. And, then, and you get to work, and you open your email. What is it? And so the, we don't take time to slow down and so what you you made me nervous right now just talking like that <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually how most people live most of us because i'm guilty of it too sometimes but we live our lives in this frenzy of just not slowing down so one of the best things we can do is I, i i i often say to my students even before you do mind part just take a moment and just allow yourself to breathe Like even as you're watching this video, well, they're, 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 we have listeners. They're not watching the video. Oh, are they? So even as you're listening to this audio, even better, even as you're listening to this audio, I challenge you to see if for the next 10 seconds you can focus on nothing except thinking about breathing in and breathing out, breathing in. And breathing out. Because when you do that, your mind starts slowing down and you become present. And so to answer the question, what we want to do is we want to learn how to master the mind to get it to think what we want to think about, to get it to focus on what we wanted to focus on. Because most of us, the mind is thinking us. <laughs> We're not telling the mind what thoughts we wanted to think. We're just reacting to whatever thoughts it's spitting out. So if we can slow down the process and then start sowing the seeds into this rich, fertile garden of the thoughts that we wanted to think, that's when the magic starts happening. But there's a little bit of a trick, Paloma, which you know, and that is that you don't sow a seed today and expect a tree to grow tomorrow. You've got to nourish and care for the seed and water it and make sure that you're taking out the weeds and provide fertilizer. And if you work on it every day, you'll see the results. So the same is true of the mind. The more you do it, the better the results. So if you can work in your mind every single day, feeding it the thoughts you wanted to think, weeding the thoughts that you don't want it to think, getting it to focus on what it is you choosing in your life, that's when you'll start seeing, uh, start seeing amazing results. Hmm. So, but what, what are some common barriers then people face when attempting to develop a balanced mind? How can they become, that they overcome those barriers? Yeah. So, so the key word is practice. Um, because an analogy I'd like to use you is going to the gym. If you haven't been to the gym in a long time and uh, you are physically fit, I mean, you know when you're physically unfit. You know, you go up two flights of stairs and you're huffing and you're puffing and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I really am unfit. You know when you're unfit yeah. physically. What most people don't realize how, is how desperately unfit we are mentally. And oh. 
we want to become mentally fit. We want to become athletes of the mind, that we are so fit that we can train the mind to think about what we want it to think about. So I don't know how many people know, but do you know that they say as human beings, we use, the, we use less than 10% of our brain power. And that is very little. In fact, Albert Einstein was a genius and they say he used 10%. So most of us are probably on three or 4%. So if this is true, Imagine if you can train your brain to use just 1% more. That's massive change. For some people, that's double change <laughs> because they're on 1%. But can you train the brain? Yes, you can train the brain. So coming back to the analogy of the gym, when you are physically unfit, you know you're physically unfit and you go to the gym and in the beginning, you're patient with yourself because you don't try and run on the treadmill for 20 minutes or you don't try and do 100 push-ups or you don't, you know, you, you, you break yourself in gently. So the same is true of the mind. In the beginning, the mind is not used to being disciplined. It's not used to being told what to think. It's not used to being told what to focus on. So the most important thing is to become your own best friend. I'm going to say that again. If you're going to be successful at anything, you need to become your own best friend. There's a beautiful quote. It's unknown who it's by, but it's, it goes as follows. If you had a best friend who spoke to you the way you sometimes speak to yourself, would they still be your best friend? And I'm pretty sure for most people, the answer is no, because we're so critical of ourselves. We say the worst things to yourself. What's wrong with you? I mean, what's your problem? Like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get this right? Oh, I'm so stupid. And we actually bring ourselves down all the time. And if you had a best friend who said that to you, you'd probably smack them. <laughs> because you'd be like, don't you speak to me like that. So why do we allow ourselves to speak to ourselves that way? So in the beginning, training the mind, takes work. It takes consistency. It takes you being there every day to say, no, 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 I don't want you to wander off. I want you to focus on this. So it is a daily practice. Uh, again, it's not a lot. It's a little and often. You don't have to do a lot. You work in your garden for 10 minutes a day, and that's what's going to give you a beautiful harvest in summer. You work in your garden every day for 10 minutes. You don't have to even work. In fact, I'd rather you work in it 10 minutes a day than two hours a week. Just every day, go into your mind and feed your mind the thoughts you wanted to think. And the more you do that, eventually you start finding that your mind starts becoming lean and toned. Your mind starts becoming strong and focused. Your mind starts becoming disciplined. And how did you do that? A little every day, a little and often. Often what happens is we look at where we are, compare it to where we want to be, and we think we're never going to get there. It's impossible. But yes, you'll get there. All you need to do is take the next step. And once you've taken that step, you take the next step. And I guarantee you will end up at your destination. Right. Yeah. Little steps, little tiny steps. That's also what I say to people when it comes to, to training any kind of animal, whether it's a dog or a horse or whatever. And the analogy I use is imagine you have to climb 100 meters up and you have five steps. No way you're going to do it. But right. if you have a thousand steps, it's easy. <laughs> Interesting. I love that. That's a very good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
how do our beliefs and thoughts impact the way we interact with others, including mm. animals? And mm. and also how affect how does it affect the outcome of those interactions? Mm. That is such a deep question. <laughs> that is such a deep question. Our beliefs and our thoughts are everything to us. Uh, but it's not us. It's not, it's us. not us. Your beliefs are not you. Your beliefs are your beliefs are programs which have been installed. They've been installed by your upbringing, by your parents, by your teachers, by your friends, by the circumstances and situations that happen to you in your life. Something happens in your life and you then create a story. And your whole life is a story. Uh, you, you have a story about who you think you are. Uh, about what you like and what you don't like, about what your favorite color is and what you like to eat. And, and it's all based on your experiences. But the beautiful thing is that your thoughts and your beliefs are not, or your, your self-image is not, uh, it's not um, carved in stone. It can be recreated and reinvented. So the first thing is to identify the beliefs that you have that are not serving you. So let's use money. For example, because a lot of people uh, find money a challenging thing. Well, if you grew up in a house where you were constantly told that money is the root of all evil, why would you want to create an abundance of money if you think that money <laughs> is evil? Like, good grief. Oh, my gosh. Money is an evil thing. Why would I want that? But the problem is I need this thing. So you need to change the belief. I don't think money is the root of all evil. As Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw says, the lack of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> I like that belief more because I don't think it's money. Money is just energy. So our beliefs and our thoughts have been created. They are programs that have been unconsciously installed from our upbringing. So the first thing we need to do is become aware of what they are. So when I did the Mind Power course for the first time, I realized I had so many negative beliefs about money. Uh, all rich people are greedy. Well, some of them are greedy. But so are some poor people. Greedy. Exactly. Oh, interesting. I actually know rich people are very generous. If you think about it, some of the richest people on the planet give away billions. Bill Gates has given... Uh, I think he gave $30 billion to the Melinda Gates Foundation and uh, Warren Buffett and him are friends and he gave $31 billion. <laughs> so rich people are greedy. I don't think that's true. I think rich people are very generous, some of them. Some of them are greedy, but you choose what kind of rich person you're going to be. So when you identify the belief, oh my gosh, I've got a faulty program. As with your computer, if you've got Windows 95, it's going to be a slow program. If the computer is going to work well, what do you do? You upgrade the software. What do you do with the old program? You uninstall the old program. Then you install the new one. The same is true of the mind. Our thoughts and our beliefs are programs which have been installed mostly unconsciously. We haven't been aware that we are doing it. You have beliefs about relationships. You know, maybe the first relationship you were in, uh, the person that you fell in love with left you and you felt devastated and you decided that, you know what, relationships are too difficult and all men are bastards and they're just, it's not safe. And so you then create the belief that all men are bastards and relationships are difficult. And then what do you keep attracting? Difficult relationships with bastards <laughs> because you believe it. So once you identify it, we now uninstall and go, oh my gosh, is that my thinking? That's a faulty program. 
I need to uninstall that program and I need to install a new one. I am now attracting ideal and an ideal partner to, to me. I am a wonderful person to fall in love with. Uh, relationships are amazing. Relationships are beautiful. So, and speaking to your question about animals, I have a lady, a massage therapist who comes to my home and she is absolutely terrified of dogs, terrified. And I said, but listen, she says, I said, you do know that most dogs are actually very friendly. <gasps> no, 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 no. I'm absolutely terrified. <laughs> I was bitten by a dog once. Ah, mm. there's the programming. So she's had one incident and that's now affected her belief about an entire species, one incident, an entire species. And I've been trying to get her to realize that actually dogs are very friendly, very loving. And I, I wanted to introduce her to my friend's dog who's actually too loving. And I mean, he's supposed to be a guard dog, but I think he'd probably show the criminals. Here's the door. <laughs> so friendly and he just loves everybody. And she was even too terrified to pet him. And I said, look, but, and the reason why I'm saying that is I'm just trying to share with you exactly our thoughts and our beliefs can cripple us. They can stop us from having fulfillment in life. And But the good news, Paloma, is that we can recreate them. We can reinvent ourselves by creating new neuro pathways in the brain. How, how do we do that? That is my favorite topic. <laughs> so one of my favorite things is there's something called neuroplasticity, which is a very big word, neuroplasticity. And all neuroplasticity means is that the brain is plastic and pliable. And if you think about uh, the material, plastic, would you agree with me that plastic, depending on the mold, can take on a completely different form? You can use plastic create a, to create a beach bat. You can use the same plastic to create a broom. You can use the same plastic to create a little child's ball. You can use the same plastic to create a comb. You can use the same plastic to create a folder. All you have to do is change the mold. So right. what neuroplasticity means is, is that your brain is made up of billions of neurons, not millions, billions of neurons. And um, Niels Bohr, uh, who's a very well-known scientist and philosopher, tells us that, that neurons that fire together, wire together. And I'll say that again, neurons that fire together, wire together. And what does it mean that a neuron is firing? Basically, you're thinking a thought. <laughs> so when you think a thought, a neuron is firing. So I don't know if you've seen some of those AI pictures, but you literally see the brain. And as an idea pops, there literally is a neuron that fires in the brain. So what it means that neurons that fire together, wire together, is the more you think the same thought, the more you keep firing the same neuron, those neurons start wiring together. And those neurons become thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker, which means it becomes like, um, like a fiber line. The, the stronger, the bigger the fiber line, the faster the, your, your internet access can be. So the same is true with your thinking process. If you can train your brain to think in new and different ways, you will create new neural pathways in the brain. So you can literally create new ways of thinking in the mind, like highways on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a road. You can, make the, you can take a two-lane road and you can make it into a four-lane road. You can make that four-lane into a six-lane, that six-lane into an eight-lane, into a ten-lane. The wider the road, the faster you can travel and get to your destination. 
So why is it important to train every day is the more you train your brain to think differently, the more you get to those results. So if we want to recreate our beliefs about animals, we need to create new experiences with them. So it's it's a fascinating subject. Yes, and the animals actually understand that very well. Yeah. <laughs> I have learned in all those years that I communicate with animals. And to come back to this lady that you say was afraid of dogs. Yes. I remember my dog Nebo. When I, I I used to have a room where I would teach animal communication. That was before COVID. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I had people come into my room and I would teach animal communication there. And obviously people could bring their dogs if they wanted to. But I always had my dogs there with me, obviously. So Nebo, one of my dogs, was a very sensitive dog. He smelled fear, as you said before. Yes. And there was this lady coming into, into this room to learn animal communication. And she didn't know I had two dogs. Now she comes in and here she sees my two dogs. Nebo wow. sees her and grabs a toy runs up to her and wants to play with her. Yes. And this woman goes like, ah, ah, no, ah, ah. And and another and another lady that was there says to Nebo, oh come on, I play with you. And Nebo just walks away from her. Yeah. So saying, no, I'm not playing with you. I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in this lady to make her see I'm friendly and I want to play with her. <laughs> so, 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 so my question is, how did you then help this woman? I mean, how do you help her to stop having that fear? Well, I, I didn't do anything. Nebo did everything. Nebo kept going up to her with the, his toy in his mouth. <laughs> okay. And eventually did she start warming up to him? Eventually she started actually playing with him because she noticed she couldn't get rid of him. Beautiful. Because well, she was telling me, could you, could you, could you uh, take your dog back? And I go like, well, he's not doing anything. I'm not taking my dog back. It's his room. <laughs> Turn off. <laughs> if you want to leave, you can go. <laughs> I love that. But you know what? Why I love your story, Paloma, is that relates exactly to what we're speaking about. How do we create new neural pathways in the brain? Repetition. So what Nebo did right there is he didn't give up. He just exactly. kept going back, going back until eventually she warmed up and realized that actually the fear that she had was an, an, an irrational fear. It wasn't real. The fear was in her head because Nebo was very friendly. And I love that because he insisted, yeah. what happened is that she created a new neural pathway in the brain and go, oh, this is actually, this is actually a wonderful thing. Beautiful yeah. story. And and in the end, she, she actually thanked me, said, you know, I thought I would come here to learn animal communication. And I got rid of the fear of dogs, which I have had Beautiful. for so many years. Beautiful. What a gift. Amazing. And, and, and that's exactly what neuroplasticity is, rewiring the brain with a new belief system to make you realize, in terms of your previous question, our thoughts and our beliefs can either hold us back or they can give us new opportunities like she's had right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so based on your expertise in mind power, what advice would you give listeners to maintain a balanced mind and cultivate a positive mindset? I know you've said it mm, already. No. Uh, there's, there's, often there's, often, and... Uh, you can't say it's too much. Exactly. I would say... <laughs> 
the first thing is to really become conscious of what is your predominant way of thinking. I'll give you a quick little exercise for those of you who'd like to try it. And yes. I really want you to do this. Set your alarm on your phone to go off every hour or two. And when the alarm goes off, I want you to ask yourself, what am I thinking about right now? And when you ask yourself, what am I thinking about right now? Just ask yourself, what, what have you been focusing on? What are the things you're saying to yourself? Because what you want to do is you want to become aware of your predominant way of thinking. And the only way to become aware of it is to catch yourself thinking, because most of the time we're not even aware of what we're thinking, because we're thinking so many different things that we don't take time to think about what we think about. Right. So the idea is set the alarm to go off every hour and just ask yourself, what am I thinking about? And do this every day for about a, for about a week. And just become aware. Don't judge yourself. Like if you hear yourself saying, oh, well, it's something negative. Oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I thinking like that? You don't <laughs> want to criticize yourself. Remember, you want to be your own best friend and go, oh, wow, look at the way he's thinking. Wow, I wasn't aware that I thought about that so much. Jeez, oh, I really have a lot of negative thoughts about this particular topic. And then when you become aware of it, that's what gives you the impetus to change. And so the, the, then after a week of doing this, now the invitation is, how can you now cultivate a different way of thinking? And how do you do that? By consciously inserting the opposite thought. So if you find yourself thinking a thought a lot like, I'll never have enough money. Money is flowing to me in oceans of abundance. I'll never find the right relationship. I am now attracting an ideal partner to me. Um, animals, I'm so scared of animals and, oh, I don't think I'll ever be. I am so loving and uh, I'm so loving and fortunate to be around beautiful animals. I love being around animals. Animals are soothing. Animals, now in the beginning, it's going to be weird because you don't believe it. But as in the example with Nebo and this lady, I guarantee you the brain is plastic and pliable. And you can get your brain to think in new and different ways. It does take regular work, though. It does take consistency. I'd watch, watch some videos. I've got lots of free videos. Watch other videos. But the key is to train every day, a little and often. That's the key. Right, a little and often. Yeah. A little, that's the magic word, Paloma. That's I don't the magic need you word. to do two hours a day. You're not going to do two hours a day. Give me 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day is all I ask. It'll change your life. You know, that's how I got my six pack, actually. 10 minutes a day. <laughs> <Did you>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you had a six pack. Let's oh, see. it was one of my goals, you know, for my oh, last really? birthday. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so what did you do when you say a little and often? How often did you do it? Uh, five times per week, 10 minutes a day. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Five <laughs> times a week, 10 minutes a day, she created a six-pack. Voila, a little and often. <laughs> exactly what we're saying, a little and often. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe we have listeners who have never heard anything about mind power before. So what would you recommend to someone who has never looked at mind power before? How should they approach it? Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, the, the great thing is there's so many things online to go and, you know, watch about mind power. Uh, I've got, uh, you can watch on my website, you can, uh, you can, you know, Google it, but there's so many things I would actually start immersing yourself. And when I say immersing, just a little and often, watch different topics on it and, and start understanding how the mind works. Because everybody knows that the mind is the greatest asset that you have, but nobody uses it. Like, hello, 
<laughs> I always go to myself, how is it possible that everybody has an amazing mind, but not everybody has an amazing life, but we all have the tool that can help us to create an amazing life, the amazing mind. So what I would recommend is that you actually start reading books. I'd highly recommend John's book, Mind Power into the 21st Century. It's a game changer. There's lots of great books out there. If you're not a reader, I'm not a reader, as you know, Paloma. I'm a listener. <laughs> I love Audible. So I listen to, I listen to at least one or two books a month. Uh, and it's been ph phenomenal what it's done for me. What I would just say to you is become conscious of what you're feeding your brain. If you're watching a TV show, ask yourself, is this TV show actually feeding me or is it actually just draining me? Because a lot of what we watch drains us. It doesn't feed us. And so right. become conscious. In fact, here's one thing I'll give you. Let me give you one thing to do. For the next week, why don't you go on a negative thought diet? What Sounds that interesting. Means, you are not allowed to think a negative thought for the next week. So maybe we're having a conversation with a friend and they're like, oh my gosh, did you see the news? And about, you know, those 96 people that died in the fire in, uh, in, in Hawaii. Isn't it terrible? Oh, sorry, I can't talk about that right now. Why not? I'm on a negative thought diet, so I can't talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, what can we talk about? Isn't it a beautiful day? And aren't we lucky to be living in this amazing uh, city that we are in? So you have to, you are not allowed to think <laughs> a negative thought. Watch your life change. That's going to be the biggest change. Go on a negative thought diet. I guarantee you're going to have an amazing week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I second that totally. Yes. I haven't been watching the news for many, many years now because I say the news that have to come to me will come to me. And that has been the case. I mean, and other than that, I don't need all the rest. It's true. <laughs> I've got a friend like you in Cape Town. She never, ever watches the news and she says exactly the same thing. <clears throat> and there was some big strike in Cape Town, taxi strike. And of course, and she never watches the news, but she knew exactly what it was about. So, okay, yeah, and I've heard about that. Because people, you know, when you need to know, it'll come to you. But to inundate yourself and consciously tune in every day, con constantly tune into negative energy. No, it's not a healthy thing to do. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And and the animals notice that as well. It's yeah. uh, I have talked to animals that have actually told me, you know, let the garbage outside somehow, you know, don't bring all the garbage back home, you know, mm -hmm. like when when a person leaves the house in the morning, let's say you have a cat or a dog that needs to stay at home or a rabbit or another animal that stays at home. When you leave the house in the morning and you come back in the evening, you're a different person. Yeah. You don't you don't notice it, but your animal notices it. Yeah. Because you've been outside the whole day, you've been absorbing all this energy around you, you've been absorbing probably negative things, yeah. because I think there are 90% of the things out there are negative, exactly. <laughs> you that really the have to look for the positive things. Exactly. <laughs> but actually, even that's, you know, because one would think that, but actually, I wonder, Paloma, if that, if actually... There's both. They both out there. But yes, whatever you are, they are. Whatever you are tuning into is what you're going to be attracting. And exactly. that is why we want to be very conscious. And the benefit of being on a negative thought diet is you're consciously tuning into positive things. So you'll, you will start attracting them because that's what you, you're focusing on. 
you know what? I just got somebody tuning in with us here. And this is my animal mentor spot. Oh, okay. And my animal mentor just tuned in with me. He always tunes in with me when I say something which is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good mentor to have. Oh, he's the best. And he's the one with, uh, I'm writing a book with him right now. We are here to remember. <laughs> oh, nice. So he said, when I said, well, there is, I think 90% of the information out there is negative. He said, no, there's 50-50. Yes. Because to every negative, it's the, there is the same positive. It's yes. all, you know, a medal. It's a, both sides of a medal. You've yes. got negative and you've got positive and you've got 50-50. Yes. Yeah, and he's right. <laughs> yeah. And and so and whatever you tune into becomes your predominant experience. And that's yes. and the beautiful thing is we can choose what we tune into. That's the beautiful part. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Could you please share three quick yet effective tips that our listener can implement immediately to cultivate a more balanced and centered mindset in their daily lives? Yeah. So every morning you wake up with unlimited power. Because a lot of people think they have no power. And I would like to say, I think the exact opposite true. Opposite is true. You have unlimited power. And every morning you wake up with unlimited power. And what is the unlimited power you wake up with? The power to think whatever thought you want to. Nobody tells you what to think. And most of us are unconscious of the thoughts we think. So we wake up in the morning and most people's thoughts are, oh, oh, Monday, oh, I hate my <laughs> life, oh, I hate my wife, oh, what can we do? And so here's my invitation to you. From the moment you wake up in the morning, consciously insert a positive thought into your mind. The one I use a lot, and I used it this morning, uh, it's going to be an awesome and outstanding day today. Just say that to yourself while you're lying in bed about five or 10 times. It's going to be an awesome and outstanding day. It's going to be an awesome and outstanding. And even if you think it's ridiculous, just think that thought. It's going to be an awesome and outstanding day today. And as you get up and getting ready, you just keep saying it. It's going to be an awesome and outstanding day today. It's going to be an awesome and outstanding day. I promise you, if you can do that for about five minutes in the morning, just say that thought. I promise you're going to have a great day. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying there's not going to be any challenges. It just means you're not going to be controlled by them. You're not going to be, because you're going to be like, I'm great, because you're greater than the problem. You're always greater than the problem. So that's the first tip. The second tip I'd recommend that um, I'd recommend for you, and these are going to be more practical steps. The one thing I'm going to recommend is be conscious of, of what you're feeding, not only your mind, but what you're feeding your body. Drink lots of water. So if all I can say to you guys is drink lots of water. I try and drink two to three liters of water every day because water, it's all energy. And so for me, I know that sounds like, how's that a mind power tip? It is a vital part of your success is mm. being able to make sure that your body is hydrated because then your mind is more effective and you are more sharp and more focused. So drink less coffee, more water. <laughs> and there we go Paloma's taking a glass of water as I'm saying that right <laughs> and and then the third one the third one if you think about it anybody who has achieved great success in their lives I mean think of some of the greatest the greatest athletes that we have all of them have a mentor all of them have a coach 
Find somebody who has achieved whatever it is you want to achieve and learn from them. Find somebody who has done where, what you'd like to do and learn from them. So, I mean, I love that your mentor is, a, is, is you've got a, you've got a spirit animal as your mentor. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I've got a, a, a mentor in terms of relationships. There's a person that I look up to. In fact, it's the guy who wrote the book, Mind Power. He's my relationship mentor. I've got somebody who's a mentor in terms of my health and vitality. I've got a mentor in terms of my finances. So for me, it's important to always make sure that you have a coach. But yeah, the first tip is really the one that I want to drive home. Even if you just do that, if that's all you take from the session with me today, from the moment you wake up in the morning, feed your mind. I'm focused, industrious, organized, and efficient. I'm focused, industrious, organized, and efficient. I am focused, industrious, organized, and efficient. Lots of sales and success today. Lots of sales and success. Because the first thought you think first thing in the morning sets a tone for the rest of your day. Right. I want to add a fourth here, which I personally Easy. think is very important, and that's gratitude. Oh, I think that's very important. I think that should be the first. <laughs> <laughs> and I think gratitude is the best attitude. Yeah. I Actually, something I do every morning before I open my eyes is yes. smile. Oh, beautiful. And the reason why I smile is because when you smile, there is a muscle that actually makes some sort of pressure on your brain, wow. which then know. starts to produce Endorphin. happy hormones. Beautiful. I did not know that. I did yeah. not know that. And I can, I can remember, and I've been doing this for many years now, but I can remember when I started that, it was so difficult just to, you know, pull up, you know, the, the a smile Yes. In the morning, it was really difficult. And I was thinking, why is that so difficult? <laughs> yeah. And now? No problem at all. Yeah, because you've trained yourself. Train every day. You train every day. And you've got a beautiful smile, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, Robin, how can people contact you or find out more about you? Um, well, my website is robinbanksmindpower.com. And it's easy to remember my name because when I met a guy from the States when I was 16, he says, your name's Robin Banks. So I said, no. He says, Robin Banks sounds more like an occupation than a name. So I want you guys to know that I don't rob banks. It's just my name is Robin Banks. <laughs> so my website is robinbanksmindpower.com. Uh, and uh, you can find me on all social media at Robin Banks Live, because if you just go Robin Banks, you'll get some strange characters. But at Robin Banks Live is my domain. And uh, I do lots of different videos and sessions. And you can follow me on Facebook. I do lots of different things all the time. Great. And I, I will put all of your contact information in the show notes. So feel free to Thank go you. there and have a look at the the contact data and contact Robin. I mean, he's well, courses are really, really good. I've done them. <laughs> I can tell. Thank you. And, uh, and you've been such a great, great sport. And thank you for what you've done with me for my animals. It's been a win-win relationship in a big way. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say that you think that's something people need to know? Mm. Well, 
My favorite, favorite phrase, I was once asked, Robin, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And uh, you know this, Paloma, I thought about this for the longest time. What's the best advice? And after thinking about it for a long time, I thought, you know, the best advice I've ever been given came from a 16-year-old boy. I met him in a fruit and veg shop here in South Africa. And I met this young boy and he would come up to complete strangers. And he was like, hello, hi, my name's Brian. What's your name? And uh, initially when people saw him, they felt like, oh, who's this weird person coming to greet me? But when they looked at him, they realized he had Down syndrome. And you can tell when children have Down syndrome because you can see that they look different. But this kid just would walk up to anybody. Hello, hi, my name's Brian. What's your name? And then he'd proceed to have a conversation with them. You know, I'm shopping here with my mom for fruit because I love fruit and, and peaches are my favorite. What's your favorite fruit? But Paloma, at the end of the conversation, every person he left, he left them with a message. And this is the message I always like to leave people with. As he'd say goodbye to them, he'd say, goodbye, Paloma. Nice meeting you. Hey, Paloma, don't forget to be awesome. And then he'd turn <laughs> around and walk away and go to the next person, have a conversation, say, okay, bye. Don't forget to be awesome. And I thought, what a beautiful message, because I think most people do forget to be awesome. So for me, that's the message I'd like to leave you with. No matter what's happening in your life, whether you are successful or you are struggling, whether you are sick or healthy, know that those things will always change. But don't forget to be awesome, because when you are awesome, the world is awesome back. So that's what I'd like to leave you with today. Well, thank you very much. Very nice final words. Thank you very much for being here, Robin. Thank you so much, Paloma. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Before we go, a quick request. If you have enjoyed this episode of Animal Empathy, please subscribe to stay in the loop for more magical insights. Sharing is caring, so spread the word to your fellow animal enthusiasts. And if you could spare a moment, leaving a review would truly mean the world. As we wrap up, remember this. Life's most beautiful moments happen in the now. So stay present, embrace the magic, and keep those hearts open. Thank you for being part of our animal-loving community. Until next time, stay curious and stay connected. <laughs>